In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks. Um, I'm not sure about the dynamic part, and I'm not sure what these are for. Um, <laughs> rotten tomatoes or something. Um, I, I'm, I'm really comfortable in front of a math classroom. Very comfortable. I can even do a little bit of computer science. Uh, apparently, I'm decent with numbers. Um, th- this is not something I do very often. And so uh, I'm just grateful for the opportunity. I'm grateful that um, the leaders asked me and said, hey, would you like to do this? And in a moment of weakness, I said yes. Um, So good morning, Trinity. Uh, I am one of the old timers here. Um, I've been here since this building was put up in the uh, late 1989 and uh, early 1990. Um, we've, We've seen a lot of stuff together. We've seen a lot of New Year's, uh, and it seems like just yesterday that we were welcoming in 2018. Does that feel like, like that to you? Um, and maybe surprisingly, it won't be long until we're welcoming in 2020. Time passes quickly. Uh, I was speaking to somebody this morning. I've got to watch that I don't deviate from my notes very much, or we could be there till 11.32. Um, I'm going to retire for a second time, uh, hopefully in August of 2020. Um, And uh, Lowell Winger said, why don't you retire on August 10th? And I said, why? He says, well, it's 10-10-20. I think my retirement date is set. (laughs) August 10th, 2020. Let's see what the boss has to say. So in preparing for this morning... Um, and I do have to read my notes, because if I don't, yeah, it could be a long morning. Um, in preparing for this morning, I wondered if I was really supposed to do this. And I'll give you some examples. On the first day, I fell down the last three steps into our basement. I was going down to work on this. Um, at night, I kind of get a little restless sometimes when I sleep, and uh, Shannon was telling us about that when she was talking, and uh, sometimes I would wake up in the night, and I would have thoughts just all over the place, and I was not smart enough to get up and write them down, and in the morning, I totally forgot them, totally gone. Um, So I got to be careful. On the third day, I had a blazing headache, and I'm going, Lord, I'm really doing my best here. I really am trying to get this going, but this just isn't working. But I believe in spite of all the obstacles, the message I have today is for us as we enter the new year. And I pray that God gives each of us a word. And and James has talked in the past about a rhema word, a specific word. I pray that for each of you today that you get a specific word today, not something general, not something, oh, John, that was great, and then go home and life just goes on. But something that that triggers something in you, um, the Father's love. We heard about that this morning. We've heard about people being healed. And I I pray that God gives each of you something specific. So I want to take some time this morning to look at three R's, not reading, writing, arithmetic, Um, but I want to look at our need to remember, uh, sorry, a need for a reminder, a need to remember, and a need to recognize. 
So when we study Scripture, uh, I, when I study Scripture, I often take a very simple approach. I ask three questions. I think it's from my InterVarsity days. And I ask a question very simple. What does it say? What does it mean? And what does it mean to me? And so I'm hoping I can follow that this morning uh, as I look at some pa- some, a passage from Isaiah. At the beginning of 2018, Betty and I were invited to join a group of people from Glen Acres Baptist Church who were going to read through the Bible in one year. How many have done that recently? Okay, uh, it might be something we might want to try. Um, Betty and I were able to do it. Uh, a lot of the Old Testament reading was a real challenge. Often I found myself asking if the God who was revealed in, the, in Jesus Christ in the New Testament was the same God revealed in the Old Testament. As we read in the prophets, we saw God's judgment on the nations and on his disobedient people. But in those same writings, we saw a message of hope. The book of, book of Isaiah is an excellent example of a writing with a message of judgment and hope. Judgment because the people, God's chosen people, and we need to keep that in mind, God's chosen people had turned their backs on God and were relying on nations and false gods. But we also read a message of present and future hope. For the present, God was going to bring the scattered back home. He, he's a strong God. He, he said that in some very familiar verses in Isaiah. In chapter 40, verse 20 to, 28 to 31, he, the, the prophet says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths, that's young'uns, grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Oh, we, they needed to hear that, and we need to hear that too. Um, if Jeff is correct in his assertion that 2018 wasn't a happy year for all of us, and I look around, it wasn't a happy year for all of us. We need to hear this message of hope that we can get strength from a strong God who gives strength to the weary. So the covenant people needed to be reminded of these things. Our God is strong and he gives strength to his people. God was going to redeem his people soon, is the message of Isaiah. That was their present hope. But Isaiah also spoke to the people of future hope. We're familiar with many passages concerning this in Isaiah. Uh, For example, Isaiah 7.14 The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And Wayne Broadland spoke about that passage, spoke about Emmanuel, God with us, on the Sunday just before Christmas. So we've just been reminded, but those words were written long before 
any of that stuff happened, and they came to be true. We've just celebrated and remembered this. In chapter 9 of Isaiah, the child is described in more detail. We read in later chapters about what this child, this Savior, would be like. He would be a suffering servant for his chosen people and for us. The Lord God was calling his chosen ones back. But sadly, in that same chapter that we read about the virgin will conceive, in verse 13, we read, but the people have not returned to him who struck them. And that's, I think that's key there. Nor have they sought the Lord Almighty. There are other instances of this hard heart attitude written in other parts of Isaiah. It was always their choice. The people could come back to God or reject him. We have that same choice today. It's always our choice. We can come back to God or we can reject him. At the end of chapter 42, just before the chapter I'm going to focus on this morning, we hear more of God's judgment on his people, on his own people. God brought this judgment on a, onto a people who had ears but would not listen and eyes but could not see. They just didn't get it. They just didn't get that God was doing something, that God had chosen them. So it's in this context that we come to Isaiah 43 and to our first R, reminder. God, through the prophet Isaiah, reminds them of who he is and who they are. So I'm going to read Isaiah 43, 1 to 13, and I'm assuming it's behind me, is it? Is it? Cool. I, notice I haven't even looked back, because you're supposed to look forward in a new year. Okay, so we read in Isaiah 43, verses 1 to 13, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob... He who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I've redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. I was going to insert a little story about Haiti there, but I think I'm going to leave that away. Uh, When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead, since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you. I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east And gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory. Whom I formed and made. Lead out those who have eyes, but are blind. Who have ears, but are deaf. All the nations gather together and the peoples assemble. Which of their gods foretold this and proclaimed to us the former things? Let, us, let them bring in witnesses to prove they were right. 
so that others may hear and say, it's true. But then he says, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I've chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me, there is no Savior. I have, rede- I have revealed and saved and proclaimed, I am not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God, yes, and from ancient days I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand when I act who can reverse it? That, I, I read that. I was going to cut that passage down and just read a few verses, but I really think we need to get a glimpse of what's going on there. These are the chosen people who've chosen to be disobedient. And God's saying, here's some hope. I'm going to bring you back. So, What are some of the reminders that God gives his wayward people? And I'm going to rifle through these ones pretty quick. And and the reminders aren't just for them, they're for us as well, about who he is. So I'm going to highlight just a few, I'm pretty sure I haven't got them all, about what God reminds us about about who he is. In verse 1, he reminds them that he's their creator. He formed them and knows them intimately. This reminds me so much of Psalm 139. In the same verse, he reminds them that he's their redeemer. He buys them back. For Israel and Judah, he redeemed them by giving Cush and Seba as their ransom in place of them. And for us, he gave his one and only son as a ransom for us. He's their companion. He walks through waters and rivers with them and will not allow anything to sweep over them. When they walk through fire, they will not be burned. That was hope for them and for us. He reminded them in verse 4 that he loves them. He loved them so much that he gave others in exchange for their lives. Picture that. They deserve to be destroyed. But he gave other nations in their place. Does that sound familiar? For us, this rings of John 3.16. And I think Pastor David said that in his prayer this morning. And I'm going to just read it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. His life for ours, which is the same idea. Also in 1 John 4.10, this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He reminds the Israelites that He's the only God and the only one who can save them. In spite of their sin and disobedience, He still cared deeply for them. This reminded me of Romans 5.20, and it's interesting. Got to be careful, John, when you do this, because it extends what you're reading, right? But in the worship this morning, the words that I'm going to read here 
were the exact words in one of the songs that you'd chosen. And we hadn't met before. God just leads them to, to, to do the worship. And he led me to this verse, and it says in Romans 5.20, when sin abounded, did grace much more abound. That was the second, in the second song I think you sang this morning with us. So many good reminders for us in these words. We also read that he's their savior and he's eternal. This God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the God that's described in this passage in Isaiah 43 is the same God, our God. He's the same for us. But in this passage, God through the prophet not only reminds the wayward covenant people who he is, but who they are in his sight. It says they're precious and honored. He called them. So they're, a, they're called people. They were are create, the created ones known intimately by their creator and created for his glory. That I found really neat. They are chosen, chosen servants. They are to be his witnesses. We need this reminder as well today. We are precious and honored in his sight. We were created for his glory. There is so much in this passage. Well, I got to tell you something. When I first read this passage, it was at a time, everybody looks at me and says, oh, this guy's got it all together. <laughs> there are some pretty low times sometimes. And there was a time that I just needed to be reminded of God's love for me. So I took some liberties with the first few verses, and I'm going to read them as follows. I don't know if it's up there or not. Yeah, there it is. I'm going to read this. It says, but now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, John, he who formed you, says, do not fear, for I've redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, John. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you, John. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you, John. When you walk through the fire, John, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Jesus for your ransom, John. He died in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, John, and because I love you, John, I gave my one and only Son in exchange for you, his life in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, John, for I am with you. So I'm going to try something here. So the next slide, I'd like you to read this in unison with you. And I'd like it to get a little garbled in a few seconds. So where it says your name, please don't read your name. Please insert your name. Okay, everybody good with that? Because I think this is a passage for us. So you ready? But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, 
he who formed you says, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the water, rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, John, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Jesus for your ransom, John. He died in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, John, and because I love you, John, I gave my one and only son in exchange for you, his life in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, John, for I am with you. May that kind of a prayer, and, and folks, I don't think I violated the rules of Scripture with that. That God who prompted the prophet to write those words is our God. But we're on the other side of the cross, and we know what ransom was paid for us. And we know that same God came to Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and said, fear not. We know that. It's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So I can have confidence when fiery trials come and when the waters are deep. I could spend so much more time on the first R reminder. But I still want to talk briefly about two more R's. The second R is remember. We read in verses 16 and 17, this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. He's reminding them of what God did for them. God is calling his people, his precious ones, to remember. He has acted in the past. He says, remember your exodus from Egypt. There are so many things that he's asked them to remember. In Exodus 12, we read precise details on how they're to celebrate the Passover. By doing this, they will remember. But it is so easy to forget sometimes, isn't it? Think of Gideon. When he was met by an angel, little Gideon, after the people pray for a deliverer. So God sends an angel. In Judges 6.13, Gideon says, But sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian. Wow. That God that did all this for them Gideon says, he's abandoned us. The people in the exile, God's abandoned us. And I'll bet you there are people here who go, boy, it's really neat that stuff's happening for other people, but I'm not seeing it. And see, 
It's interesting. I wonder if the people of Israel in Isaiah's day were thinking the same thing. God has abandoned us. Look at the mess we're in. Isaiah was calling them to remember the things that God had done. Last Sunday, I was away, um, but I hear that you had two dynamic speakers. How'd I do, Jeff, on that? Yeah, okay. Um, And you celebrated the Lord's Supper. What's that? It's a remembrance meal. We're to remember this meal that was instituted just before the Lord's death. And it was instituted to remind us of what Jesus' death and resurrection mean or meant. In, uh, in 1 Corinthians 11.24, Paul recalls Jesus' words concerning the bread. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And the cup in verse 25, he says, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. We are to remember what God has done. I want you to think for a few moments, just while I'm standing here, what has God done for you in your lifetime? What has God done for you this past year? What has God done for you this past week? I remember hearing testimony after testimony in this place of God's provision, of miraculous healings, of deliverance, and the list goes on. But often I wonder if we're not like Gideon and think that God has abandoned us. God is, oh, so the thought is God has done for others, and I think I'm repeating myself here, but not for me. Well, God is with us in the rivers, and the wilderness. I think we need to remember that. It's not, hey, here you go, in the wilderness. God's with us there. Well, I think this leads me to the final R. And the final R, I only had two R's. And I said, God, it would be really neat. I'm a mathematician. Things should be done in threes. And I said, Lord God, I need a third R. And look didn't start with R. That's rook. Um, So I prayed about it. Five seconds later, recognize. But I didn't write it down. (laughs) Oh, I got to stop doing that or start doing that, whatever it is. Well, in the morning, I wake up and I go on, I can't remember the R. So I said, God, you've done it before. Would you do it again? (laughs) Recognize immediately. And by the way, it was gone. There was no recognition of the word recognize here at all. Well, in Isaiah 43, 18 to 21, we read, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I form for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. 
As I was reading this, I was a little confused. It, it seems strange that God told them to remember, and then he said, now forget about it. Remember all this stuff, but now it's time to forget. Well, I think he was telling them to look around, to see what was going on around them, to see him at work in things even though they felt he'd abandoned them. He was at work, but they had to look to recognize and see it. In other words, they had to look to see God's hands in things that were happening to them. Yes, he had done great and mighty things before, but the exodus was nothing in comparison to what he was going to do here. He was going to bring them back home, something that seemed totally impossible. God wanted them to know that the same God who made a way in the sea could also make a way in the wilderness. He who made dry land in the waters could certainly produce waters in the driest land. And folks, that's a quote from somebody, but I forgot to write the author's name down, and I, I googled it, I did everything. I cannot find it, but I think it's worth reading again. It said, he who made dry land in the waters can, could certainly produce waters in the driest lands. They did not know it, but God was going to accomplish greater things through his son, Jesus. We too need to remember what God has done in the past. But we need to look at what he's doing in our midst now. Either corporately or personally, God is going to outdo what he's already done. I believe that. Do we believe that? What deep waters are we in now? What desert places are we in now? Look, God is doing a new thing, but we need to recognize it. He never promised to keep us out of the deep waters, but he promises to be with us in them. And he says, fear not. My friend Randy Jolliffe, Randy was a pastor, same age as me, died very suddenly when he was 59. What a setback to his church. He was a pastor. The church was growing. He was out running one day, and he dropped dead, basically. Uh, he, he was kept alive for a few days. But I remember listening to some of his sermons, and he would always end his sermons with some things to take away. So I want to do that, maybe in honor of Randy, but also just to kind of tie it together. First, I want you to be reminded today of who God is and who we are in his eyes. Second, remember what God has done in the past, through history and in our lives. And finally, look around to recognize what God is doing. The waters may be deep, and the current place we may be in is quite dry, but God is in it. God wants to provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland and give drink to his people, his chosen, the people he formed for himself that they may proclaim his praise. 
in this new year, let's, take, let's each take an opportunity to grow closer to God and to see him in everything we do. And I don't know if this is a blessing, but I'm, I'm hoping it's something like it. May we not end 2019 in the same place spiritually we are now. Let's pray. Lord God, um, you know the hearts of each person in this room. Father, you know the dry places. You know the wastelands. Father, I pray that even now you would reassure with that still small voice that you are in the midst, that you are going to accomplish even greater things. Father, I pray your blessing on this people. I pray that as we go from here today, that you, Lord God, will keep whispering those, ear, those words, fear not, to us. Thank you that you love us, that we're precious in your sight. And Father, would you continue to do those great and mighty things in our midst.